but I use my environment. I take my cues of my lifestyle from the environment that I actually live in. Those two substances, they build the melanopsin in the back of the eye. And it's the, the melanopsin in the back of the eye that, that uh, takes in that high frequency, uh, high powered blue light, right? So, you know, if you don't have those, if you're not eating eggs and you're not getting those, those, those compounds um, into the eye, blue light is affecting you. In the wintertime, I like to, you know, keep, I eat a keto diet in the wintertime, eat a lot of seafood, a lot of DHA and get outside and get cold. And you know what? I don't get sick. At sunset, I try to get there for sunset. When I, when I see the sun going down, I kind of stop what I'm doing and I'm going to get barefoot or grab a tree and ground myself and watch the light. But what I do is I look at the, at the, the, the latitude, right? Because so the sun, you know, the sun affects that, that latitude. So whatever grows on my latitude is sort of my rule of thumb that, I will, that I'll eat it. You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, visit naturalstacks.com. Brian Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Brian Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Brian Muncy is my go-to guy. Brian Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Brian Muncy's an innovator. All right. Happy Thursday, all you Optimal Performers. Welcome to another episode of the OPP. Very special episode for you today. We are talking with David Limaker, uh, founder, owner of Vigor Health, and an avid biohacker, self-optimizer, and just a really, really cool guy. Um, I have been introduced to David through social media. Uh, this is a beautiful thing that, that we have in, in today's world uh, in some respects. Um, but... Um, uh, David it shares a lot of really, really cool information, very valuable stuff uh, on his Facebook posts and on some videos and, and doing some great things with his supplement company, Vigor Health. Uh, so we're going to talk uh, about a lot of things that you guys can implement into your lives to see um, you know, benefits and, and increase uh, the quality of your life and, and all the stuff that you've come to expect from any episode of the OPP. So uh, David, thanks for hanging out with us today. Hey man, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm really excited to dive in. But before we do that, a couple of housekeeping notes for you guys, as always, uh, make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the video version of this. Uh, one of the products that David's company makes is uh, an elk, uh, elk antler velvet. And yep. there's a beautiful elk antler behind David. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying looking at that uh, for the duration of this interview. Um, but uh, you'll be able to see the, the links uh, for all the cool stuff that we talk about on that blog post, um, be able to follow up, go down the, any of these rabbit holes that you want to go down. And uh, of course, make sure you guys go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show. And uh, if we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with some free Natural Stacks products. Uh, I've got two that I'm going to read here for you guys now. Wade, I'm going to butcher your last name, Wade. I am sorry. Uh, this looks like Schlichenmeyer. Uh, Wade says, awesome podcast, solid. So thank you for that one, Wade. And then here's one more. Uh, this is actually from Dissatisfied Longtime Member. That's not the review. That's the person's <laughs> username. I'm assuming that they're dissatisfied with iTunes. I don't know. Uh, says, great podcast, five stars. This is one of the best, most educational health-focused podcasts today. Blazing new trails, shining the light on the supplement industry's dirty little secrets, and just generally making me feel like a smarter person. These podcasts have it all. Always well worth my investment of time to give a listen. Five stars for sure. So thank you guys for your support. Uh, as you guys listen to the OPP in general, um, and, and specifically this episode, 
I'm sure that somebody or someone in your life will, will come into your head and you'll say, man, I wish they knew this, or I was trying to tell them this, and this was, you know, here it was said in, in a much more uh, scientifically convincing manner or succinct or whatever. Share this with, with the people that come into your mind uh, who will benefit from and enjoy the stuff we're talking about. That's how we reach more people. That's how we help more people and grow this thing and, and make changes uh on a broader scale so uh again thank you guys for listening and i'm going to stop with the public service announcements david um let's let's start this by kind of explaining you know who you are and, and what your background is how you uh, became this this guy who founded vigor health well uh, i'll start off I'm, I'm 37 years old uh i live in regina saskatchewan uh, Canada. I'm about uh, two and a half, three hours north of the, the North Dakota-Montana border. So that'll kind of give you some context as to, to why I do some of the things I do. I really I focus on the environment and I focus on you know the light that I allow. But, uh, but that, that said, I, I began Vigor Lifestyles back in 2012 is when I started the company. Um, I had been uh, working at an oil refinery and, and working in a unit, what they call a coker unit. And it was a, it's a very, very dirty unit. And I, and I realized at that time in 2008, I thought, geez, you know, this, this place, this place could kill me, right? This is, this could get me long-term sick. And so I set out on a path. I became inspired to, to start looking into to health. And so it was 2000, I think it was 2008, May of 2008, when I saw uh, Food Matters. And that really, that documentary really changed for me. You know, I went out and bought a juicer, bought a blender, just really got into it. And then I just started taking like a whole bunch of supplements, like high dosing everything, you know, trying to, trying to take as much as I could, reading about what the side effects were. Even sometimes I was trying to, you know, elicit some of those uh, side effects uh, in my own body. Um, but it was, it was January of 2009 when, um, when my wife, uh, her sister was dating an elk farmer's son. Uh, and he said, you know, you really, you, I see you trying all these supplements. You really got to try this elk velvet antler. And I had barely heard of it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll give it a try. And it was, I remember the first time I took it, I took, I took two capsules of this stuff and I had just this incredible energy, right? I, I was just like, wow, this is kind of almost like a, like a natural Red Bull. And uh, so I kept using it and using it. And I had some damage in my shoulder from snowboarding and hockey. I, you know, I played really competitive hockey as a kid, as everybody does here in Saskatchewan. Uh, and so I had some, had some injuries that I had. I was 20, 28, 29 years old. Uh, and, you know, you're kind of going into your, to the, to the peak ages of, of, of you know, of your performance. And, uh, and I started to notice benefits from the elk antler. And so I had used it for about uh, two, three years and uh, felt really good on it you know, got, getting really good benefits from it. And uh, I actually approached the farmers uh, that uh, who made this product. Uh, I was actually driving two hours north of Regina to buy this, this product and I was giving it to friends and family. Everybody was going nuts for this stuff. I approached the farmers and said, where do you guys, where do you guys sell this? And they say, well, we don't sell it. There's no market for it. Uh, and uh, there was some stuff that happened in the 80s and the 90s that sort of uh, this stuff kind of fell out of favor. And I just, I, I took them a list of testimonials and I said, this is what's going on with your product. You know, do you, would you care if I started a company and tried to market this stuff? Well, they said, well, they had spent $225,000 and lost it all trying to market this stuff. And, and I just said, well, you know what, I, I, I got a business degree and an economics degree. And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And so I, I just basically started this company on a whim. I, I really, I, I had a dream of what the company should look like. I woke up one day, I said to my wife, who is in uh, communications and marketing, I said, we got to go and we got to go put this on paper. We, you know, we got to go down to a marketing company. She's like, oh, I know the best guy to do it. So we went down to this place in Regina and I sat there for like three hours just rattling off what I, you know, what the vision I had for the company. And uh, this, they were able to, you know, translate what it was in my head and put it down on the, on the paper. And when they came back, they were like, you know, what I, what I saw, I was like, yeah, this is good. This is really good stuff. And so, you know, I, I basically started this from right from, it was, it was an idea in my head, you know what I mean? And, um, I, you know, we began the company by, and I, and I started going to stores and just like handing out samples. This was really just built on, on word of mouth. Uh, and I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and I knew that right from the, right from day one, I, I, you know, put a lot of time and a lot of effort into, you know, building my self-confidence. I think a lot of, when I was starting this business, a lot of people were saying, you know, you're going to fail. You're not going to make it. You're crazy. Don't do it. There was so much of that negative, so much of that negative feedback. And, and it, and it was getting to me. And so, you know, I decided I'm going to do something about this. I really want this company to go. This is a great product and I really want to carry this through. So I, I, at the beginning of it, not only while I was uh, taking lots of supplements and exploring health, you know, reading, 
reading about all these diets, I was, I was listening to self-help books and uh, on audiobook, you know, Think and Grow Rich, Wallace D. Waddles, uh, you name it, every, every single book uh, I, was, I was diving into. And I think I'd listened to Think and Grow Rich uh, 44 times in like a year and a half. And, you know, and I got, I got a hold of Earl Nightingale and, and through Earl, Earl Nightingale just sort of opened up a whole bunch of other doors. And I got, you know, I, I, I listened to everything I could get my hands on. I was renovating my house at the time. So I was listening to these audiobooks nonstop. So it was, it was building, it had, I had to build myself up before I was ready to take this business to the, to the next level. And I was, I was cognizant of that. I was aware that I didn't have necessarily all the skills that I needed to take this thing to the next level, but that's, that's kind of the, how it started. Um, and, and now we're just sort of, we're on a roll now, you know, people are, people are starting to find out about the product. For me, my focus is, you know, getting the, the product in people's hands. I don't spend a lot of money on advertising. I want to, I want to meet the customer face to face. And so I do a lot of demos in stores and go to trade shows in Canada here and like get, you know, take samples and get people trying this stuff. Cause you know, for me, for me, the word of mouth is the most powerful thing. That's, that's what happened to me. And that's what happened to the, to, you know, to the beginning of the company, everybody was talking about it. And, uh, that's sort of, that's sort of how it began. And that's kind of where I find myself today, you know, in that, in the, in the growth stage and, uh, you know, building a solid following, uh, through word of mouth. Yeah, that's a really, really cool story. I love, you know, how you realized that, you, I guess the way that, that a mentor of mine used to say this was that you put your own mask on first. Um, you know, just like they say when you get on an airplane and it's cool that you realize that uh, on your own. And, and I was actually going to ask you some of the ways that you kind of overcame, um, uh, like the naysayers and, and the negativity. And so you, you kind of answered that listening to a lot of those audio books and surrounding yourself, mm -hmm. kind of immersing yourself in that. So, so I think that's really cool. Glad you highlighted that. I, I have a question for you on the, uh, the elk farming. Um, mm -hmm. I guess I, I, I'm aware that, you know, that there are Buffalo ranches and elk ranches, but you know, typically mm -hmm. when we think about these as a food source, and I know, you know, you're, you're not a food source for, for elk. Um, but when we think about these things, we, we typically associate buffalo or, or elk um, as, you know, wild game or free range pasture raised meats. But, um, you know, is it technically still wild game if it's farmed? You know, how does that kind of like what are the boundaries there and the, like the, the semantics around that, I guess? Well, I think, it you know, like in Saskatchewan and Alberta and Manitoba um, and probably the same goes for B.C., um, the elk farmers have spent a lot of time, you know, perfecting the way they raise these animals. These animals live in a very natural habitat, right? They're large, they're, they're fenced areas. Sure, they're domesticated, but they're very large fenced areas in their natural habitat. They have water features. They have, you know, forest features. They've got natural grasslands, you know, with nothing sprayed on them. So these animals are, are really living in their natural habitat. You know, they're, they're free to roam, but, you know, not as far as, as you know, a, a wild one would. Um, but they do live in these really good environments. And so, uh, you know, in terms of like wild elk aren't, aren't tested for any diseases or anything like that. Every single elk in Canada um, is tested for, you know, chronic wasting disease. So every, the, the, the health of the herd for, of domesticated animals in Canada is far superior to any uh, operation anywhere else in the world. Um, these farmers, you know, we work with 30 farms. So I've got one of the largest uh, supplies of, uh, you know, elk access to elk, I guess, in, in, in the world. Uh, we harvest about 50,000 pounds of antler a year from these 30 farms. Right. So, so the way we do it, we, we make sure everything is, is a, of the highest standard. And that's kind of, that's kind of the, the Canadian way. And, and in the industry itself has, has built this over time. Okay. Um, I'm just curious, uh, the, the, the harvesting process for the velvet then, can you walk us through that? Yeah, so the, the harvesting happens once a year. Uh, as most people know, the antler grows on the male, the bull elk is what it's called. Uh, and the, the, the antler begins to grow at the first hit of uh, UV light, UVB spectrum, right? So it, these, these animals are really sensitive to light, just like human beings. They, they, they live on you know seasonal circadian biology, right? So as soon as that... UV light hits the eye that sends a signal to the brain to, to start making these, to start growing these antlers and they start growing them in the springtime. Uh, and they will grow up until the summer solstice, uh, June 21st, when they will begin to harden and become calcified. So what we do is we take the antler 
between, and this is kind of our, this is kind of our competitive advantage, but we take the antler between 65 and 72 days. There's an optimum window for harvesting to, in order to get the, the most optimum balance of nutrients because the antler, you know, it, it grow, as it grows, it changes in, in mineral and nutrient and fat and amino acid content as it grows. It's, it's always changing. Um, and based on some studies and some timing, you know, timing studies, there's a certain time to, to harvest the antler. And the farmer has to watch this very closely because the antler grow very fast. They can, you know, they can grow up to two to three centimeters per day. Right. And, and just to pause and, and point something out for people who may not be as uh, in tune to, you know, antler growth. I mean, the, the male of any antlered species sheds that antler every single year. So mm-hmm. that thing that's behind you on the shelf doesn't even exist on the, on the male's head in like February or, or April, depending on where you are. So that thing literally grows in two or three months. It grows from yeah. nothing to two or three months every single year. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, every deer, elk, moose, whatever sheds that antler uh, mm-hmm. annually. They grow, they grow extremely fast. Uh, you know, and so when you take it in the velvet stage, you're basically, you're consuming uh, living bone marrow, right? It's, this is, this is like soft living bone tissue that you're consuming. So when you harvest it in the springtime, uh, you, that's basically what you're, you're consuming growing bone. I, I see, you know, you, you're, you like the, your bone marrow and, uh, this is bone marrow, right. Um, in the, in the, in the growth stage. So the animal basically will, will grow this antler and the farmer has to be watching this antler. Like there's a, there's a perfect, there's a timing and you got to watch it. And sort of at the last time where they're growing, it begins, it'll grow like this and it'll split out into two more. Right. So you want to, you want to catch it before it turns into a heart shape on top. You kind of want to get it like on my Facebook profile picture, that antler is a little bit overgrown, just a tiny bit overgrown. So we, we, we would try to time it so that we can get that, that the, the top time to kind of look more like more flattened on top. Right. So that's when we take it. It takes about two minutes to harvest these antlers. Uh, these animals spend about two to three minutes in the barn once a year. Uh, the, the process has been studied and looked at very closely by uh, the New Zealand deer farmers. Um, there's associations, elk associations that uh, talk about perfecting the, the harvesting process. The most important thing here is that it's done humanely and that it's done uh, professional. Uh, and so it's, it only takes about two to three minutes per year. Uh, and it's basically like a, like a clip. Um, the University of Saskatchewan uh, has said that they would liken this, the sensation to a teeth cleaning. Uh, there's very, very, very few nerve endings in that antler. Um, and so there's, there is no pain there for the animal. Uh, we will take from a three-year-old and on. Uh, so we won't, we won't, the guys with the new growth antler, we don't, we don't take that. Anybody who's seen a, a video of uh, an antlered animal using their antlers to fight will understand that there's no nerve endings in, in those mm-hmm. because they, they get pretty vicious uh, when they're battling for territory in, in, in the rut or mating season. So um, Can I ask, I'll just, I'll just say it's important that you bring that up too, because in, in the rutting season, uh, if these animals in a domestic operation have these antlers still on they're they're a danger to themselves and they're a danger to the other bulls. So, you know, removing the antler and being able to keep domesticated animals uh, is go, go hand in hand. Okay. Um, so then I guess, when you're harvesting at that right before the heart shape split, that's probably at the peak content of growth hormones and, and IGF one and, and all mm-hmm. that like stem cell uh, stuff that, that mm-hmm. would, would provide the benefit in the supplement. Correct. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Um, okay. and, it, and it varies. So, I mean, you get anywhere from, you get magnesium and you get, you get lots of phosphorus. This is very rich in phosphorus and you know, phosphorus is present in every single protein and enzyme in the body. Uh, and actually uh, there's some new, there's some new uh, work by Jack Cruz. I, I hate to bring him up, but uh, Jack is talking about phosphorus and it's uh, and it's linked to consciousness, uh, which I found very interesting. Um, you know, we got phospholipids in antler. There are, you know, there's uh, amino acids, including branch chain amino acids, glucosamine, chondroitin sulfate, uh, collagen. Um, and, you know, and, it, and it's, you know, it's interesting because this is what nature created, right? It's, this is, you know, people, people can, can try to create things in a lab, you know, science can get down and, you know, do this and do that and create these synthetic chemicals. But really it, my philosophy is that, you know, nature designed itself to be, to be optimum. Right. And, and it's just, it's just learning how to use nature properly, um, to, to, to get the fullest benefit. And that's kind of what antler is. Antler is, 
you know, we don't add anything to it. It's very, it's a very high quality antler. It's all hand selected. Every piece of antler that we, that we use is hand selected by a farmer who's been in the industry for 21 years. He knows what he's looking for. And so every bottle of uh, elk velvet antler, you know, you're going to get the highest quality of that 50,000 pounds, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's a really cool product. Yeah. And, you know, I really hadn't intended to, to talk this much about the, the elk <laughs> velvet and, and, you know, the, that particular product, but it's just, to me, it's very interesting. And, and I know that, you know, whether it's deer antler velvet or elk antler velvet, you, there is a lot of press and there, there are a lot of misconceptions and kind of stereotypes that, that follow it around in the uh, public consciousness, I guess. So it's, it's cool to hear um, you know, some, some details from the inside from you. So we appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, in regards to, you know, some of the other things that you guys do with, with vigor, I know, you know, like you've, it, it, it already shines through in the way that you've talked about the the practices with elk, but, um, you know, chaga is a a mushroom product that you guys have. You sent me some of that a while back and and Mm -hmm. I've made some amazing tea with that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've launched our own mushroom products. We had, uh, uh, Jeff Chilton from Namex on, and when I interviewed him, we were we were discussing some of the the issues with real and fake mushrooms, things growing mm-hmm. on mycelium, and uh, I actually showed him a, a chunk of the the chaga from your package, and uh, and he was like, yeah, he's like, that's the real deal. This stuff is great. So you've been vetted mm-hmm. through you know other mm-hmm. people as well. So um, mm-hmm. you know, if you guys um, listening, I mean, David and and Vigor is they they are a company that shares the same values and principles that we have with natural stacks. So uh, it's really cool to, to see somebody else doing this. Um, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your experience in the supplement industry and, you know, integrity um, based on some of that stuff. I mean, how hard have you had to fight to, you know, maintain your values and, and you know, bring that to the public? Well, I mean, you know, you know, it's uh, this, this is the game is changing, right? The supplement industry is changing and there's a lot of big money behind things. Um, and there's also, you know, I'm not going to speak to anybody in particular doing anything shady, but there are things going on with supplements that, you know, I, I'm very careful and very selective of what I put in my body. I'm very selective of what I, what I purchased. Um, in Canada right now, we have a bit of a, an, an issue with, uh, Health Canada is trying to regulate uh, supplements like drugs, um, and it's pretty well known that the, the the large drug companies are starting to purchase these supplement companies. Right? Mm-hmm. They don't really talk about that, um, and they're actually going after um, you know the labeling and stuff like that uh, of, of smaller companies of other companies, which is maybe you know a good thing in the, in the long term, but. Uh, you know, there is a, there is definitely a concerted effort to, to change the supplement game from, from big money perspective. And so for me, you know, being a, being a smaller outfit, uh, it's, it's, it's harder for me to compete against these large, these larger folks. Um, but we are, but we are seeing some of the companies that have the shadier practices. They, they're no longer uh, in business. Um, but maintaining that high level of standard, it's, it's, in Canada, we have NPN, natural products number. So if you get an NPN, you know, you've been vetted by Health Canada. We have those. Um, but there are lots of dirty secrets uh, in, the, in the health industry, in, in the supplement industry here in Canada. There's lots, of, there's lots of products that I hear rumors. I, you know, I know all the people in the industry now. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if, I, if, I say, if, I, if I say I won't take something, there's probably a reason why I'm not taking something. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, like, for example, your company... Uh, you know, you guys are, you guys are doing it right. And there's lots of companies that are, that aren't these massive, massive conglomerates that are, that are folk. We have to focus on quality. We have to focus on, on the best product that we can produce because if we don't have that, we don't really have anything. We don't have the, the power to just go out and spend hundreds of millions of dollars and telling everybody our product's amazing. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all right. So let's shift gears and, and we'll leave the the business and the supplements uh, <laughs> be for now. Um, you know, like I said in the intro, you are, uh, we'll call you a biohacker um, just for lack of a better term, but you do some really cool things to optimize your health. And I want to highlight some of these because I, I've seen you talk about things that other people are not talking about, or you're talking about things in depth or, or in ways that other people aren't. And I really want to share that with our listeners. So um before we really dive into some of those things, you mentioned earlier that the antler growth begins 
it corresponds to some UV cycles, you know, annually. Can you talk a little bit about how um, UV light impacts that um, growth, not only maybe in elk, but how it may impact us, how, how that translates to how it impacts humans? Well, really it's, uh, you know, light, I think is, I mean, obviously the sun is, a, I think, a primary, primary uh, driver of, of health. Um, and I kind of got into this about two and a half years ago and, and started looking at the light, the whole light aspect. And it kind of, it, it really blew my mind. I bought every book on the subject, started reading about it. And, and, I, and I, you know, I used to think it was food and, and exercise that was like our driver of health. I wasn't paying attention to the, to the light, but the UV light that stimulates that growth of that antler all, is also what stimulates the growth uh, in the, in the human being. It's that AM frequency of light, you know, that you get that infrared and you got those, uh, those that high powered blue from the morning. It's a little bit different than say the blue from your cell phone, but it's that UV light in the morning that sort of sets everything in motion. Um, that's kind of what sets your metabolic timing. That's that helps you keep within with, with your circadian rhythm. I mean, just, I'm, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. I'm not a, I'm, I'm basic. I call myself a bioexperimentalist, but uh, it's my under, it's my understanding that it's that UV light first thing in the morning. It builds the, it builds the battery in the body. It builds the electric charge in the water. They call it easy. Your, your, your listeners probably know what easy water is, right? So it builds that easy. Yeah, no, I, we, I, I did a, a blog post. I'll link to the post in the show notes for this for you guys listening. Uh, it was on, uh, I think the post was like five ways to boost mitochondria. But um, uh, if somebody hasn't read that, explain that. Um, that's um, Pollock, right? Yeah, that's uh, uh, Gerald, Gerald Pollock. Pollock. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Gerald Pollock uh, talks about the easy water. Uh, it's, so the easy water is basically what builds your battery. It allows you to have more energy. Um, so, so this AM sunlight, this is, this is what is used to turn off, turn on the pituitary and turn off the pineal gland. Like the AM sunlight is more highly powered, uh, to release the pituitary hormones, uh, in the anterior lobe, right? So it's this sunlight that kind of sets everything in motion. And that's kind of what I focus on. I focus on the light that I allow in my life, right? Um, morning, night, uh, staring at sun, sunrise, staring at sunrise. That's, that's something that I do every single day. You know, I try to get outside barefoot. I don't care how cold it is. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm outside staring at the sun on my front step and my, uh, my neighbors are driving by and they're looking at me like I'm weird. This is three, three hours North of the U S Canada border. Remember that people. Yeah. You know, because light is a big thing for us here. We have M MS problems and MS, uh, has been linked to, to, you know, not allowing the right time, the right type of light. We live indoors here. We have to, it's very cold. You know, we get, it gets down to minus 30, minus 40 degrees Celsius. Same thing as in Fahrenheit. So, so I have to, I have to fo put more focus on light. Um, you know, I'm using orange lights in my house. I'm using red lights in my house at night to eliminate the blue, the blue light. Of course, you know, and if you live in Canada and you don't have blue blockers in the wintertime, you, you know, you're setting yourself up for disease. You really are. And so, you know, everything kind of goes back to light. The better your light environment, the more optimum your diet is, you know, is going to help you. If, you. if you have a good diet already and you start, uh, you know, allowing the right type of light, you're going to, you're going to go to the next level. You know, if you, if you're exercising, you want to get, take your exercise to the next level, you know, you want to focus on, on your light environment. So uh, one of the posts that you had recently was, um, uh, talking about eggs before you expose yourself to the sun or, or to go tanning. Um, mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, you want to, you want to have cholesterol. You need cholesterol in the skin, right. To, uh, to turn, to make vitamin, uh, vitamin D from UVB light. Um, eggs are also contain uh, lutein and zeaxanthin. Zeaxanthin. Yeah. But that's those two, um, those two substances, they build the melanopsin in the back of the eye. And it's the, the melanopsin in the back of the eye that, that uh, takes in that high-frequency, uh, high-powered blue light, right? So, you know, if you don't have those, if you're not eating eggs and you're not getting those, those, those compounds um, into the eye, blue light is affecting you, mm -hmm. right? So I, so I do it for blue light protection. Eggs are for blue light protection and eggs are for, you know, increasing my levels of cholesterol to make you more UVB. Okay. Excellent. Uh, what if somebody has an egg allergy and can't eat egg yolks? Is there an, an alternative source? Uh, carotenoids, you know, you can turmeric, uh, turmeric is a, is a, is a solid go-to. Um, that's what I would say. Any carotenoids, um, turmeric though, probably being 
number one, if you can eat eggs. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, the thing is like, I have a very, very simple diet. Right. My, my diet is extremely simple and I don't eat, I don't eat for, I eat for enjoyment maybe once a week, but I eat by design, right? I'm, I'm eating for a purpose for a reason. Right. 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 And so, <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. I'm the exact same way. Uh, I, I, I just, I would not have thought to ask that question, except I found out a few weeks ago that I am intolerant to egg yolks. Oh, really? No way. Yeah. And that broke my heart because I mean, I eat probably three or four dozen eggs a week and, uh, I've, I've had to make some, oh, no changes. So yeah. Yeah, man. Turmeric is your, is the go-to then. All right. I, no problems with that. Cause we have a great curcumin product. So, yeah. Um, okay. So let's, before we leave, uh, light, you talked about some of the things that you do, uh, in your home, I guess maybe walk us through your light routine from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. So you wake up, before sunrise, you go straight outside and you watch the sunrise. Um, what, like, I guess give, give our listeners like the, the ultimate day guide to what kind of light, how to get it, why you want it. Sure. Yeah. I'll kind of give you a kind of a breakdown. So, so I sleep on a magnetico. I have a magnetico sleep pad, a 20 gauss, very powerful unidirectional magnet. So what I do when I wake up, I, I keep water um, in this, uh, in this glass bottle on the magnetico race that, that, that changes the hydrogen bonding angles when you, when you expose it to that magnetic field. So I drink a liter and a half of water uh, and I have a red light on my side. My wife has a, has a UV light, a black light on her side. So we turn those lights on first thing in the morning. So we're not, we're not hitting ourselves with artificial blue light first thing in the morning. Okay. Uh, drink the water. I'll go outside to the front step, usually in, in my underwear <laughs> and I open the screen door and I'll just stare at the sun for, you know, five to 10 minutes, taking that in on my skin, getting it in on my eyes. Um, and then I will, uh, do usually do protein first thing in the morning. I usually do elk, elk antler. Um, I like, you know, I'll take some fish oil and, and things like that. But looking at my cell phone first thing in the morning, checking emails, I put these glasses on the glasses have to be on. You really want to, you really want to limit that blue light exposure. So I, 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 I'm very cognizant of doing that. If it's around noon, you know, I like to get outside, get lots of sunlight, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, no sunglasses. I've, I've completely quit wearing sunglasses. I'll wear them in the car because the glass blocks the UV light. So it doesn't really matter. Right. But when I'm out in the daytime, my, I never wear sunglasses anymore, which is a really big change that in my life. Yeah. Um, at sunset, I try to get there for sunset. When I, when I see the sun going down, I kind of stop what I'm doing and I'm going to get barefoot or grab a tree and ground myself and watch the light. Uh, indoors, uh, you can't see it, but I've got uh, a black light, uh, UV, so it contains the UV frequencies. So that just makes the, the, the exposure from the computer a little bit more tolerable. Um, so, you know, in my, in my lamp here that you can't see in the, ba- in the basement when I'm working at night, it's an orange light. So I'm getting orange light. On my, I'm trying to get more orange light on my skin. Even blue light on your skin is going to have an effect, right? So you kind of, it's really tough to, to pay attention to this light and to, to, to optimize it. Um, modern lifestyle, they say, well, we should, we should be living outside. Oh, we, you know, just move away from the city. It's not realistic. Right. But using, using different light bulbs, using blue blockers, looking at sunrises and sunsets, so important. The room that you're in right now looks very well lit. It looks very natural. Are you, mm-hmm. you said you're in the basement. Are you not like, I would have guessed that you were staring at an enormous like floor to ceiling window. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it's in, I'm in the basement. Um, my house okay. faces, you know, this, this is facing East right now and I just opened the windows. And so okay. just having the window open is bringing in UV light. Like wow. UV light doesn't have to be hitting your eye directly. Right. Right. You can open a window and let UV light into the room and those photons will still reach you. Um, and so, you know, people can, if you, people want to optimize light, just, just, just open a window. You know what I mean? If you're driving in your car, crack that window. And if, especially if you got that sun to the left of you, crack that window and let that sunlight hit your eye. Mm-hmm. Just little sun. things like this. It's yeah. so easy. Or even a sunroof. Sunroof. Yeah, man. Open the sunroof and just, okay. just let that, let that natural light hit you. Um, <laughs> All right. This is all really cool. I, I like this. Um, let's shift gears a little bit and, and move from light to cold exposure. Um, you know, you mentioned you're in Canada. It gets really cold up there. I know you've done a lot of stuff outside. Talk a little bit about, you know, some of that. 
Well, I, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely cold here. Uh, and, you know, there's, it's probably, you know, when you think about it, it gets cold and you lose UVB, right? So, so maybe cold is a, is a preservation technique for, for, for human species, right? So because it's so cold, um, I have to use it. For me, it's, in, it's intuitive. Um, I work outside a lot. So I have, I also, I keep a day job as well. I'll work in minus 40, like in a t-shirt and I'm outside just grinding, right? We all know that the cold will uh, activate brown adipose tissue, right? So we'll, we'll start burning fat. So I use it to keep lean. Um, I'll go outside, I'll shovel shirtless in the sun. Uh, I spend a lot of time outside in the cold. You know, I like to keep my hands uncovered and cold is cold is really good because it actually can it can increase the the oxygen levels of the of the blood right so you know it's it's sort of a sort of a preservation technique i mean i don't i'm not i'm not totally 100 percent on all the science of it but i do it right I'm, I'm sort of one of those guys who goes okay you read you read something you go okay well this this looks really great and i'm gonna i'm gonna use it i'm gonna exploit it as much as i possibly can mm-hmm. so i mean I'm, I'm outside all the time in the cold uh, I, you know, in the, in the summertime, I've got a cold tub. I'm sitting in a, in a nice bath when it's, when it's really hot. Cause it gets to plus 35 here. We go from 35 below to 35 above, man. Like it's just, the, it's the craziest swing ever. So, so I use cold year round, but in the wintertime, I like to, you know, keep, I eat a keto diet in the wintertime, eat a lot of seafood, a lot of DHA and get outside and get cold. And you know what? I don't get sick. I haven't been sick since January, 2015. I had a little bit of a cold back then. I don't get sick. You know, I don't, I don't eat fruit in the wintertime um, because it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I use my environment. I take my cues of my lifestyle from the environment that I actually live in. Uh, and I think that's really uh, contrary to, to what people do up here in Canada. A lot of people are afraid of the cold. They're always bundling up. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm trying to tell people, you know, this is good for your hormones. This is good. This is good to burn fat. This is good to get oxygen to the, to the tissues, to the cell and to the mitochondria. And they're just, they don't, they're not wrapping their heads around it where they try to protect themselves and insulate themselves from it. I'm just trying to be an example, uh, you know, sometimes a little bit crazy, but I'm trying to be an example to, to say, Hey, you know, get out there, get cold. Look at me. It's not given. I'm not sick. You know, I'm doing really good. I'm just, I'm trying to lead by example is what I'm trying to do. Right. Yeah. So cold, cold man is a huge, huge part of my life. So I guess one, there's, there's a new book out. I I forget who wrote it, but it's something like, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And it's, it's looking at, you know, some of these things that, uh, that we would consider as biohacks. And, uh, they mentioned that in the book, they, they talk a little bit about Wim Hof and, and they say that, you know, they point out that some of the things that he's tried nearly killed him, that quite a few people have actually died trying to do some of this stuff you know, where you are, it gets really, really cold, negative 30, mm-hmm. negative 40. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that could be potentially life-threatening. That's a little different than me going outside at mm-hmm. 32 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, or, or even, you know, single digit temperatures. Uh, at what point do you start to take precautions to, uh, you know, prevent serious, uh, you know, negative repercussions? Well, I'm, I'm kind of an extremist. <laughs> and so I will push it to the extreme. You know, if I'm working outside, um, I will, I'll, you know, I'll do it till, until I can't, until my joints, like till the movement starts to slow down. Right. Like it's like your hands can't move and it's, and your feet are like in extreme pain, you know, like I won't push it, push it, push it, but I'll do it until like it's every joint feels like it's barely moving until like the body feels like it's literally freezing. Um, and you know, when I do that, I seem to, I seem to, you know, come back stronger from it. Right. I play hockey, uh, three, four times a week. I'm 37 years old. I'm playing with 25 year old kids, man. Uh, and I, and I don't get hurt. I'm still going as hard as they are. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, leading scorer on my hockey team right now. And it's just like, you know, I'm grinded, man. And, and I, and I know it's because of cold and these guys are all insulated. They're scared of the cold. They're all getting injured, injured and stuff like that, but I'll do it. I'll do it to an extreme level. I'll go barefoot outside to minus 15. It can't go very long, but I'll go as long as I can. And it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 truly next level, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's circle back. You mentioned grounding a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners, um, may be familiar with that concept and, um, you know, used to the idea of being barefoot, but you said just touch a tree or hold on to a tree. I think that's, uh, I want to highlight that. I think a lot of people may not be aware that, that it can be something that easy. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big thing, you know, grounding, you know, can, inf- you, as you know, can influence brain waves pretty, pretty effectively. And so it's, if I'm outside in the wintertime, you know, 
that's the most, I find that's the most important time to, to get uh, grounded because in winter, you know, we're living inside, we got Wi-Fi, we got EMF, you know, everywhere you need to, you need to get rid of that, uh, that positive charge. Right. So I just go outside and I just grab onto a tree. It's, it's so simple. You just grab to a tree, right? Like it's a, one of the quickest hacks you can do and it's, and it's free. And so when I'm out in winter, that's how I get grounded. You know, like people are like, oh, well, you got to go barefoot. I think that was the problem with this, with that earthing movement is they, they really promote it as a, as a barefoot thing, right? Mm-hmm. The hands are just as conductive as the feet. Uh, and so, you know, I think they, in terms of their marketing of that idea, it was a little misguided. It's just as simple as going out and grabbing a tree for five minutes. Uh, and I'll do that. That's, that's how I do it in wintertime. Beautiful. Um, I think that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad that we, uh, we covered that one here. Um, something else I wanted to ask you earlier, and this one slipped my mind, uh, as we were talking about the uh, elk velvet, um, are there, and if there's not, that's fine. I'm just personal curiosity. Are there uh, reports or, or do we have evidence of ancestors eating um, the, the velvet the way that we know that they sought out marrow for, you know, the, the nutrient density. Yeah, this, this goes back um, almost 2000 years uh, documented in, in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, you know, the Germans have been using it for a long time. The, the Russians have been using it for a long time, but the documented use goes back a really long time. Okay. Uh, people will even, you know, so people will actually take the, the antler in the velvet stage um, and some of the some of the really really ext- extremely wealthy people on the planet, what they will do is they'll actually take that antler, they'll take a piece of that dried uh, antler from the velvet stage, and they will bathe in it. They will actually run run baths and put these things in in like spas, and they will bathe in elk antler. Really? Uh, it's all, yeah. So you know that's you know you're 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 taking it in through the skin. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that yet. I just I just heard about this uh, a few days ago, and so I'm and I, I'm I'm going to try it. But they've also they've also used it traditionally too. Uh, they they they'll take the dried antler, and they'll cut it into like little slices, like pancakes, and they'll make they'll make stews or bone broths, uh, those types of things. Like I have a big bag of powder that I use, and if I'm making a bone broth, I'll pour mm-hmm. I'll pour some of that powder, pour some chaga in, and I'll put some some elk antler in there as well. Um, there's 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 tinctures and sprays that that uh, people make too. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the, of a tincture of an elk antler tincture. I made a, I made an elk antler tincture a little while ago and I made it extremely, extremely strong, stronger than anything else on the market. And I didn't like it as much as, as, as the capsule. So, you know, the, 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 the traditional use is the antler in its raw form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the, the, in terms of the tinctures being superior, I, I don't know if that's, that that's totally true. Um, but there's, there's been lots of use. There's lots of study that have been done on, on this, the South Koreans are leading uh, right now on the on the planet in terms of elk antler research. Right now, they're looking at it in its as it, with its uh, stem cell content, mm-hmm. and so you know it's also been done fermented. There's there's several other ways of, of processing this stuff, but the one I'm going to try next is bathing in it. That's that's my next. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, I'm really curious to, to about that. I'd like to try that too. Yeah, uh, that, that's wild. How how much of it would you need to to bathe in? Well, that I, you know, I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'll probably take a, take a chunk about that long, you know, from the, from the antler there. And I'll just, I'll just play with it and start with a little bit. And then, you know, I, I I'm going to use somebody, I'll probably go use my parents' bathtub. I don't, I just, <laughs> I just had, had my bathtub refinished. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't know what it'll do. It'll look like a crime scene. Yeah. Uh, well, well, let us know how that one goes. Yeah, I will for sure. David, let's do, um, maybe give us one or two other, um, what did you call it? Bio experiments. I like that word instead of yeah. biohacking. Some some other bio experiments that um, you would want to share that that maybe aren't as uh, mainstream yet. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think you know honestly that magnetico, the magnetico sleep pad, man. Yeah. Putting the putting your water on a magnetico, sleeping on a magnetico. I love it. It's walk, amazing. Walk us through how that impacts the body and the the water that you're drinking. Well, when you sleep on a magnetico, you increase the cellular voltage across the uh, increase the voltage across the cellular membrane, right? So that allows for detoxing. So when you when you're sleeping, you're actually detoxing. The, the cell membrane needs to have a certain voltage in order for for like heavy metals to to flow or to detox from the cell. 
uh, it's that magnet that brings up that voltage to allow you to detox. So a lot of people will will think that they're that, that they're detoxing, but they're actually they're not really detoxing. When you sleep first sleep on a magnetico, you're going to feel that detoxing effect, right? A lot of people get you know I had sciatic pain is when I first slept on the uh, the magnetico. Um, a lot of people with with heavy metal exposure, there you you. you you're not gonna. You're gonna have a tough time getting it out. This is one of the fastest ways to get out that heavy metal exposure. And it was that when I first had the Magnetico, I was told that yeah, you might have some detoxing effects. I was crippled. I was literally crippled. Both of my sciatic uh, were like excruciating, and I could barely get out of bed. Uh, and I was like, whoa, what is this thing? This thing is absolutely terrible. Uh, and it was probably from my years of working in uh, an industrial setting. And so that was one of the one of the coolest. It was an expensive biohack. This, the Magnetico is not cheap, but I think it was one of the coolest. I took I was taking activated uh, charcoal and MSM and 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 sulfur and and these things to 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 help leach these heavy metals out of my body. And I had detox symptoms for two weeks on the Magnetico. Wow. And so it, yeah. But what also the Magnetico does is it also it also helps induce uh, sleep. Right, um, you know, you could you could put somebody into an anesthetic state with a very very powerful magnet. So when you lay down on the magnetico, it's like it's almost instant when you fall asleep. So that was a really great sleep hack that you know cost me a lot of money, but it's also a really good hack for detoxing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I feel great every morning. I sleep great every single night. Uh, when I don't sleep on the magnetico when I'm traveling, I really notice it. Um, and so in terms of in terms of uh, water, I always leave my water. Um, on the on the magnet every night, so I'll leave it on there, um, and that does change the EZ uh, layers of the water. It actually changes the uh, the hydrogen bonding angles, and so it, it makes the water uh, get into the cell a lot better uh, in the body. The body, it, the water, the water seems wetter. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like it seems more rich, so it, it just changes the chemistry of the water. So that so the Magnetico is probably the best hack I've ever done sleeping on it, drinking the water, you feel unbelievable first thing in the morning. Some of the other hacks that I've done, I know I've had hacks that have gone wrong. Yeah. Uh, I actually read a book uh, or read a study from 1856 done in the Canadian Parliament at the time where I live right now, it was called the Northwest Territories. But uh, I, I looked at the diet that these people were eating in 1856 and I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat this diet what I was trying to do is I was doing a circadian biology, a seasonal uh, circadian biology hack. I wanted to see what would happen if I ate this diet from 1856 and go and do tanning. You know what I mean? So I thought, I thought, okay, well, if the keto diet is the one, this is extreme. The diet that I researched is extreme keto. So I'm like, let's do this extreme keto, but let's tan. You know, let's give my, let's give the skin and my eyes summertime and let's give my guts wintertime. Mm, okay. And it, Oh man, it, it really messed with my, uh, it messed with my guts. Um, you know, hacks don't always have to go perfect. In my opinion, you don't always have to have a hack that, that, I mean, not, it's not for everybody. You don't always have to have a hack that, you know, takes you to the next level. You can also do hacks that break you down if, as long as you know what you're doing. Right. So I used, I did this hack and I figured something would happen. I figured that I would maybe get sick or I would feel lethargic or I'd have, you know, maybe break out in my skin of some, some sort. But what had happened was it completely changed the, the intestinal flora. It really screwed up the signaling that my eyes were getting and my skin was getting and what my gut was getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I learned that uh, that was I was kind of testing the, the idea that carbohydrates are, 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 you know, summer foods, right? So up here, I'll eat carbohydrates in the summertime. In the wintertime, I, I don't eat many carbohydrates at all. So I was basically testing that connection between the brain and the eyes to the gut right there. And so... If, if, it's, if, if, if they're really connected by screwing up the signaling completely, something should happen. Uh, and, and it did. And then it was my, my, you know, my guts were all, all screwed up for a little while. And so I, I, you know, I used probiotics and then I got myself in, in back into seasonal regularity to, to, to get back. And uh, so there is an effect between, um, you know, the light because in our gut lining, we have those, uh, what's called the enterocyte and it's the enterocyte that uh, basically counts the photons from the food, right? So food is light. So when you're eating food, you know, the, 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 the food is releasing a biophoton and it's picked up by the enterocyte. And that signal is sent by the vagus nerve up to the, up to the brain. So, you know, you're getting, you're getting signals from light from your, through your, your eyes and your skin. You're getting, you're getting light signals from your, from your guts. And so I was testing the idea of, you know, eating, 
eating light appropriate foods at light appropriate times. And I was doing the extreme opposites, right? I was doing the extreme circadian, you know, light mismatch there. And, and yeah, it really screwed me up. And I think, I think that that has to do with a lot of people's intestinal issues and, and, and gut issues that they have today in Canada here, man, people love to eat fruit all winter long. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's nuts, man. They're eating mangoes and they're crushing all this, this tropical fruit and they get sick all the time. It's like, yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's such a new age or, or first world problem because, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, we didn't have access to those foods uh, out of season until, you know, 50 to a hundred years ago, if that. And, you know, when we talk about eating seasonally or eating locally, um, you know, whether it was Dr. Kate on an old podcast, if you guys haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. Uh, and I can actually tell you that next week's episode, uh, we have, uh, Christine Rausch on the show, who um, is an amazing mind. And we talk a lot about uh, digestive health, gut health. She actually did a stool analysis for me. So on the next episode, we're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be digging into my stool and, and how my poop talks about my gut health. Um, so if you guys want to know about that, stay tuned for next week. And that's why I'm intentionally not diving into some of this science, but, but actually a lot of the science that David just mentioned we're going to dive into next week and with, with actually vagus nerve and um, a lot of those uh, we'll just, we'll just save it for next week. But, but it's from, from just from a high level view, it makes so much sense what you're saying that, you know, if the, if the internal cues from diet don't match the external cues from environment that you're going to be out of balance. And, yeah. you know, if that's why it's so important to, you, know, you don't think about this. Like we we were at a, uh, my wife and I just went to Asheville recently and, and they have a great restaurant there. Uh, it's called farm burger. Uh, I think there's some outside of Asheville. Um, but you know, they had, it's all local. It's all, you know, sourced from great high quality farms. And, you know, I was asking them, uh, you know, you can build your own burger. And, and that's where I, uh, I posted this picture on Instagram where they actually had bone marrow on the menu and I got roasted bone marrow there. But that was one of the things that you could actually put on your grass fed burger. And, uh, they did not have avocado. And I, I kind of questioned them. I'm like, I'm surprised that you don't have avocado as a topping. And she said, well, it's not seasonal, so we don't have it right now. And, and I was like, oh, that's so cool, you know, that, that you guys are, are, you know, nobody locally in Asheville, North Carolina is growing an avocado in, you know, February uh, or mm-hmm. early March. So it, it's, it is something to think about and build into your diet. And, and it's... Uh, it's not something that we've really talked about in depth and how to do it and, and what the repercussions are, you know, if you're eating foods out of season. Um, so I guess, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to have you talk a little bit more about how people could do that. Um, yeah, like, well, you know, that's, that's, and, and here's, here's my whole issue right now with the, with the whole health guru uh, movement. You know what I mean? There's lots of people saying lots of things and, you know, it's not one size fits all, you know, you really have to take cues from your environment and and, and cues as to, you know, where you actually are. And so, you know, you get a lot of people taking advice, you know, taking me taking advice from somebody who lives at the equator and doing everything that the, that the person does at the equator. That's insane in in my mind. You know what I mean? So you, you, what we've had here over, over the last say 10, 15 years in terms of like health information, health gurus, they're all kind of saying that, you know, the same thing, this, the smoothie juicing, all this stuff. They're not really thinking about light in their environment. For me, I, for me, you know, eating seasonal eating from my environment is, is number one, but you know, I live in Saskatchewan, it's wheat fields and canola fields. So I don't really have a lot of fruit. Right. So what I do is I look at the, at the, the, the latitude, right? Cause so the sun, you know, the sun, affects that that latitude so whatever grows on my latitude is sort of my rule of thumb that i will that i'll eat it so out in british columbia in the okanagan valley you, you know you can still get you can still get cauliflower you know apples and pears are still in season quite a bit but you know like in the winter time i don't i won't eat much of that stuff at all like i'm i'm, I'm cauliflower brussels sprouts you know some broccoli but i'm i'm trying to trying to my my rule of thumb is that latitude line so you know, if it, if it grew in, in China on that latitude, you know, that's a bad example, but I, you know, I might eat it, <laughs> a mandarin orange. I don't know. You right. know? <laughs> right. But it, it, it's that, it's that line of latitude that I follow. And I think that's my biggest beef right now with the health guru thing in terms of their diet advice is they're not, they're not thinking about the light and, it, and it's just, 
I think a latitude latitude could be your your rule of thumb. My one exception is you know like coconut oil. I'll still use some coconut oil, MCT oil. I will still eat avocado in the winter time. It's just uh, my my primary strategy is my brain. I, I, I focus on brain health. I focus on eye health. I focus on gut health. Um, uh, so that's that's why I eat avocado. I kind of focus on that first. But after that, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go as seasonal and as local as I possibly can. Organ meats, uh, you know, moose liver, uh, things like that. I, I, I like that type of stuff. I bet a moose liver intact is massive. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, I think I had half one in the freezer and it was like that, man. It's, it's like, it's giant. Yep. That, that, that's really cool. I, I'm glad that, uh, th- thank you for sharing that. And, and I really like that. I actually wrote that down, you know, eat what grows and lives at your latitude. I think that's just really solid advice. And this is something I was thinking about earlier. And, and I'm glad you mentioned this, you know, talking about, you know, what you do living in Saskatchewan is completely different than, you know, how someone would optimize their health if they live in Miami, Florida, or, you know, Denver, Colorado, yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, if you live in Denver, you have altitude that you can use to your advantage. You have cold, you have snow, you know, you have certain things that somebody in Miami may not have. But if you live in Miami, you've got, uh, you know, sunlight and, you know, very, very strong rays that somebody in Saskatchewan is not going to have. So think about where you live, what unique advantages are there, what foods are there, um, you know, and, and tailor this. So, so maybe you don't necessarily have to try to go outside and, and work you know, in the sunlight at negative 10 degrees because David's doing it. But the idea is that you look at what he's doing with his environment and maximize your environment wherever you live. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else, uh, David, on, on the, the lines of like bio experimentation? Oh man, I've, uh, I, I really, I, I went a lot into, um, you know, I used to like hypnotism. I, I bought, I, I downloaded and bought every single, uh, you know, subliminal messaging mm-hmm. CD available, all the HemiSync, every single one that I could get my hands on. And I, and, and I was really curious as to like, could you change your brain? Could you change your thinking by listening to these, these hypnosis uh, CDs? There was one that was my favorite set. It was called, it was called sleep hypnosis. And I'll, I'll send you the link uh, in a message, but there was these 17 tracks that you listen to while you sleep. And it was like for big business success, for sleep success, for successful relationships. And, uh, I, that was, that was actually pretty, pretty huge. I would be listening to it at night and I would wake up the next day. I kind of feel a little bit different, you know, listen to it again the next night, feel a little bit different. And I did this, I did this vigorously over a year. And I, my wife said to me, I asked her, I said, you know, I said, I don't know if, it, if any of this stuff made a difference in, in who I am. She goes, she goes, you've changed more in the last year than you, than you've changed since I've known you. I've known her since 2002. Mm-hmm. And this was, this might've been three years ago or four years ago when I was doing this and sleep hypnosis, uh, mind programming CDs get into them. I think people should be using them. You know, we focus on our bodies. We focus on, on what we eat, but you know, and you know, the mind and what you think thinking is think thinking hacks, you know, hack how you hack your thoughts because what you, what you, you know, keep in mind is what, what you are. You, we, all we have is right now. Well, all we really have is right now. The past is what it is. The future is what it will be. But it, 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 how do you feel right now? How are you thinking right now? So my hacks have been my my previous hacks were really focused on how I was thinking. It was it was it was frame of mind. It was what what am I focused on? Who you know? Where are my thoughts? Are they positive or are they negative? So I mean, I did the Hona Pona Pona. Joe Vitale wrote a book called Zero Limits, and it was all about this little phrase. It was a Hawaiian healing phrase. Um, and it, you know, you say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I tried that hack. I, you know, I, everywhere I went, I was just constantly, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And eventually I got to the point where I'm just like, I, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you in my head. I was thinking this, right? So for, for me, love, self-love, you know, love for others is, is a big thing. You know, uh, it's really important, uh, to, to love others and treat others well. So what I do, if I'm at a demo, if I'm, if I'm, you know, I'm showcasing my product, and nobody's talking to me. I, you know, it's kind of a downtime in my head. I'm just saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you over and over and over in my head. And you know, not, not, not more than, you know, two or three or five minutes later, 
this a person will come up to me and they'll just be like, it'll be the exact right person. I, I read that the that the uh, te- tele, uh, tele, uh, telepathic field extends four, 14 feet from the from the body. The heart field is 22 feet, right? So right. if the if for me, if the telepathic field was the strongest uh, at 14 feet, I was thinking, well, if I'm saying I love you, I love you, I love you in my head, and actually feeling that in my heart, well, my head and my heart being in that vibratory state should attract more people in that vibratory state. So that's what I do a lot. If I'm in a coffee shop, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, want to think about business or think about what I'm doing. I'll just, you know, I'll sit there kind of zoning out, but I'm saying in my head, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm feeling it. And then, you know, somebody will just pop up and, 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 you know, enter their, enter my space. And I usually have a good conversation. I attract them, the, the, the coolest and the nicest people now, you know, like I, I, People who are who are negative and and dark, they they can't even be near me anymore. And I don't know if it's because of this hack that I've done, but I guess we'll call this a spiritual hack or a, yeah, yeah. I don't know what we'll call it. But I do this, and, and and sure enough, man, every time every time there's always somebody that comes up to me, and and it's like after the fact, I'm like, wow, that was the most perfect situation I could have found myself in. So my hack is is focused on my my personal vibration, my my the 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 light that I, I emanate the the feeling that I emanate and I'm looking for others who are kind of on that same level to to build rapport with and mm. I usually I usually find the, the the coolest people that way. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna uh, I may send you a book to uh, to check out too. Have you ever read David Hawkins' Power Versus Force? I haven't. Okay, so he talks a lot about vibrational uh, levels and um, he's he's really cool guy. He's written a lot of books, but that's one that I like. And and you know you're, you're absolutely right. I mean the our minds are so uh, susceptible to suggestion. I mean, you know, anybody who could believe the conspiracy theory that, you know, we're being brainwashed. I mean, in order to even buy into that, you have to, the prerequisite to that is to believe that the, that the mind can be molded or shaped and, you know, by thoughts or by suggestion. And, you know, there's the book think and grow rich, or, you know, you hear the saying of, you know, be aware of your thoughts, they become your actions and leads to character and, uh, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, the way we think brings so much into, you know, reality and, and, you know, just imagine if more people like think about the, how the world would be different if, if everybody instantly started doing that hack tomorrow. Oh, it would, uh, it would change it. The world, it change. the world would be completely different. So, um, all right, David, a couple more questions for you. Number one, uh, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Oh, well, a couple of things, but my, uh, my father, <laughs> my father used to say, uh, it's, uh, better to sit there and look stupid than to re- open your mouth and remove all sense of doubt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he used to say that, um, actually one of the, it, one of the things that w- that was said to me a long time ago, it wasn't necessarily advice, but it was something that actually changed my life. Uh, I was playing hockey and I think we were talking about politics or arguing about something and a really well-respected uh, guy that plays on my team, he was in his 50s, very successful. He said to me, I was saying something, and he said to me, he goes, you know, David, you're a lost soul. This was, this was in 2008 when he said this. And it rocked me, man. Like, it rocked me. And I thought, I respect this guy. He's very successful. He's, he's really nice. And he just called me a lost soul. Am I a lost soul? I had to reevaluate who I was and who I, who I became. So it was good advice in the sense that it spurred a change in me. I was like, okay, I got to just explore this. But calling when I was, when somebody called me a lost soul, that was actually the best advice that it was probably the the phrase that helped me the most. Okay. All right. (laughs) Uh, Well, it helped you because obviously he was right. I mean, it forced you to say like, this is not my true life path and let me readjust and figure out what I should be doing. And now you are. Yeah. And I think, and, and that goes to, to show that, you know, maybe we shouldn't ignore some of the things. If you, if somebody that you like and you respect and you trust says something to you and, and, it, and, it, and you feel it and it rocks you, that's probably, it probably has some meaning to, to you and you can, you can, you know, you can evaluate it based on how you hear it. So uh, that was, that was, I know it's a little bit different, but it's something that really rocked my, rocked my world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David, where can our listeners get more of you? They all, you know what? Uh, I, I don't, I don't have a personal website. I'm, I'm working on that, but you can go to Facebook and, and look me up, uh, David Limaker. Uh, you can, I'm on Twitter. Um, also they can go to, to my website, uh, 
vigor.ca, V-I-G-R.ca, Vigor Lifestyles. Mm -hmm. uh, and they can check out our products there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I try to remain accessible to, to everybody that I can. So definitely Facebook is the best way to get a hold of me. And uh, if you want to chat and, you know, mix it up. David is worth the follow uh, or friend if you can still accept friends on Facebook because, um, and like I said earlier, there's tons of really valuable posts uh, from David on Facebook. So um, final question, David, uh, you know what's coming. Your top three tips to live optimal. Get outside in the sun. Uh, drink really good water. Drink the best water you can find and eat foods that uh, are light appropriate for you. Okay. Easy enough, right? Yeah. David, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, for sharing some of this stuff with us today. For you guys listening, make sure you go to um, naturalstacks.com to see the blog post, video, uh, get the links and resources uh, that we talked about. I've got a whole page of, of stuff to link for you guys, um, you know, books and studies and products and stuff. So uh, we'll have all that at naturalstacks.com. Go to iTunes. That's where you leave the review. Tell us how much you like the show. If we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with some free natural sex products. And of course, share this episode and the OPP in general with people you know who will benefit from and enjoy the things that we're talking about here today. So thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next Thursday. David, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.